The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Okay, I'm so excited everyone gets to kind of tune in for a girlfriend chat today because my friend Lauren is on the podcast. She is such an incredible person. I followed for so long, but she has been just like seemingly felt like a star on the rise since the moment I laid on eyes on her Instagram account. She's doing so much. She's here today with us. Lauren, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I mean, honestly, I wish I could just like get up and dance right now, but <laughs> the anticipation of being on here, it's just such a joy. And I'm just so excited to hang out with you. Uh, so tell me, uh, I, I love your Instagram page. You've done so much in terms of like body acceptance, sort of like all these different conversations. You were huge in the Black Lives Matter movement. You went very viral around that time as well. I had found you slightly before that, which was I mean, good and probably hard for you as well. You had such a surge as many Black folks have experienced, a surge of attention, a surge of support, and then ongoing, it has been a very different story. So I would love to kind of hear what got you started in creating for social media and how does that sort of relationship for you stand today? Mm, Powerful question. There's an just unfolding it almost like an onion where I started initially. So when I was younger, I was such a, <laughs> I was almost like a go-getter. I was always on my report card. It was always, I was a talkative one. I was a social oh, one. Yeah. I was networking at three years oh, old. Yeah. It was this <laughs> very much of that I know time. the type. Yes. <laughs> I <laughs> am the relate. type. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we resonate on that. And, uh, Back before, when Instagram was kind of just starting, I remember, you know, blogging was big. It was major. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a blog. And so I remember starting one with my friend. We uh, And I remember we grew up in a small town. We went downtown to take photos and everything. And I don't even know how, and this was before influencing became even a thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember going into boutique shops and just being like, hey, like, can we borrow some clothes for some pictures? And like, us, you know, they're not knowing us from Adam. I think we had about 10 followers, one of them, including my grandma. So it was very, <laughs> it was just such a random thing. But I just had that initiative of like, okay, we need clothes. We can't afford it. We're like, you know, yeah. broke teenagers. How can we make this happen? And so they gave it to us, which is hilarious. And we actually even ended up being in like a store window because they oh loved some of the photos we took. Yeah. Just, it's just so insane. I remember too, we came across this field. I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. It'd be so editorial and so cool. You know, back in like sepia, Instagram, perfect. Oh yeah, the days. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember there was a sign, it was private property. I called up the number. I was like, hey, like we really want to take photos here. Can you make it happen for us? We'll, you know, share some of the photos if you need it for your marketing purposes. I didn't know what the heck I was talking (laughs) about. And so he was like, oh yeah, sure. Use it anytime you want. And mind you, this was a, like a beautiful field of florals and like all the bit. And so we used it for almost a year. And then across the street was horses. And then we got a really beautiful shot there. But that's really, I'm just laughing about this because she was like, you have always been like this. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. you're right. I've always been insane. I just like, oh, it's just going to happen. We're going to just manifest it. It's going to happen. And so when it came to Instagram at first, I think 
my initial thought was, okay, I want to make a positive impact. And I uh, fell in love with the idea of like, oh, like I want to, um, at, even at that early age, I want to uplift everybody. I want to share stories with people and the whole bit. And so, but it, it became very visually heavy and kind of in this um, very uh, small aesthetic where mm-hmm. perfection played a big part and everything mm-hmm. like that. But then later on, which is where you changed my life. So like fast forwarding few years later, after several different creative careers and just really getting the experience of the influencer world, both from being an influencer and working for a brand that deals with influencers. But when everything happened with George Floyd, and that was really, the, I remember it very clearly being in San Francisco and it just, I don't, I don't even know. Cause this is something that I never touched on. I never shared publicly. Like I was very much taught, like, do not share about religion. Do not share about like politics do not share you know because it could you could get canceled you could do this or that or whatever and I was just such in a mindset of perfect branding perfect branding and so that happened it just I mean what struck in me I'm sure everyone else was like what the hell like it just Mm -hmm. was so I mean I felt like we've gotten jerked back like Mm -hmm. just you know hundreds of years and so I uh on that unmuted video that I created I spent 20 plus hours editing that video doing the research, because I think that anytime you're going to speak on something, you should always do the research, doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, inherently being, you know, a, a Black person, that doesn't mean that I know all the history of my Black culture, of doesn't course, mean that yeah. I know every single fact. And so I wanted to make sure if I was going to say something that it was both powerful, but also with intention, because I wanted mm. people, you know, there to be that message behind it and for everyone to be able to resonate with it and not just Black people. Like I wanted mm-hmm. it to be all inclusive. And so that was the hardest <laughs> and longest video I've ever created and done. And just everything that I even learned in doing that just really set the tone of everything. And so I, I shared it at first and I was like, you know what? Like I spent so much time on this. I know the heart behind this. I'm going to just DM every single person that I can to see if they would share I love it. it. And you, oh my gosh, the epitome of you sharing that video. And, and I just have to say this, the impact that it had, because I've never, I've never had a video go viral like that. Mm. I've never had, I mean, your community is already just so powerful. Never had that before. And so I remember when it started getting picked up and my parents and my extended family, I mean, I was getting called out the wazoo and just messages everything. And they're like, Lauren, have you seen this? Oh, is that this, like, a map of life. So I said, there's so many views or this whole bit and the whole thing. And I was crying. I had to like take a break and go take a shower. That's like my safe place. It's like yeah, in yeah, the shower. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> absorbing everything. And I was just like, oh my gosh, because it, it was beyond just me. Like it was bigger than me. Right. And like, mm-hmm. just the, all the, the messages and DMs that I got, there's still DMs. I still haven't been able to answer back to because there's just so many yes. on that particular video. And um, it was so eye-opening. But the one thing that my takeaway from that and the reason why I continued even with Instagram and, and creating content was the voice part, right? Because mm. you do such a beautiful, powerful job of vulnerably and in such a real way, sharing your voice, your experiences, your story. And my aunt always says, everyone has a story to share. And yes. I didn't know how to do that until mm. then. Like I didn't, I never really saw a true example of that, that in a way in which it wasn't just for personal gain, you know, yeah. like you share it in such an authentic, amazing way. I think that way so many people trust you, resonate with you because you instill that you make others people feel seen and heard. And it's just such 
an incredible superpower in that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this just, it completely changed my life. It completely changed my perspective. It's something that I will never forget. And from then on, I think at first after, I think anytime you have something go viral, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to say. What do I do next? I know. I think about this all the time. I I always tell myself that Taylor Swift has the same stress because she doesn't get a number one song and get to walk away. And that's her career. She has to keep writing music. And that worries me. And it also makes me very like, aware that like it is an ongoing, it's ongoing work, right? It is ongoing work and you can do amazing stuff and it builds upon the next, right? But we all have it. We're a very goldfish attention span society right now. Yeah. We're very much expecting of creators, like what have you done for me lately, right? And so if it's Mm -hmm. not currently serving you, for you, like that was such a viral moment. And I think for everyone to sort of like, rewind and remember that moment, there was this great ask for those who were not BIPOC to be quiet. This was a time for voices to be heard. And so several people put up their black squares. They put up, I am muted. I think that's Mm -hmm. the one I did. We, We collectively were trying to do the right thing, but not quite recognizing that the first step was admitting our own internal racism and bias and everything that it was such an uncomfortable time for a lot of people because we've always been made to feel comfortable. And so when you created a video that was about being unmuted, it was a very powerful. And the fact that it took you 20 hours, because in my head and, and also being a creator, you know that like it, all it takes is one person to also come up with that concept, but you came out with it so eloquently, so powerfully and I think it really changed it really changed the way that we were starting a lot of those conversations. So kudos to you because I've been you. you've obviously gone so much further than that. You have talked openly about using your voice. You have mm-hmm. now had two it's it's been two years. It's been two years since that video. Can you believe it? That's insane. I know no, I can't. That seems like, like yesterday. <laughs> and it's like it, I think it's also important that when we talk about this too, a lot of people really invalidate their impact if they are like what's called a micro influencer, right? Somebody with like less than 10,000 followers. You are not only less than 10,000 followers, you have generated income, you have modeled for some very big brands, you've worked with very big partners. So people need to, and, and think about that one video, how many millions of people it impacted in that influence. So the next time that anybody listening is like, oh, I only have so many followers. Like I'm not a real influencer, like cancel that noise as quickly as you can. What you're saying really matters and can go so far into influencing others. I had, I had a friend who made a post once that she was like, the most influential people in the world are not always the most followed. My most influential person Mm -hmm. is my mother and she has one follower and it's like her. Right. So I was like, it's something like that was uh, my friend, Lauren, this renegade love. And it was a, it's a constant reminder, right? But you are such a stunning example of that because you are doing incredible things. It's not about the numbers. It's about the impact. And I think that that's something I've always taken away from you is you're sort of out of the rat race. And I'm jealous of that sometimes because I'm like, you're not in it for that. You know, you have impact, you know, you're creating influence and you're doing it with, you know, still 6,000, like just fill that uh, in a room that is incredible. So, so incredible. How have you in the last couple of years taken what happened from that viral moment? You said it really stuck with you that it was about using your voice. Talk me through the next steps of 
how you started to build upon that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. And so I'll start with my personal life. And this is actually something I've never fully shared. And I thought this would actually be the perfect way to speaking with the vulnerable woman queen herself. So after that time, and then there was a bit of a break, right? Because after, after that video going viral, not really knowing where to start or, or how mm-hmm. to continue in sharing my voice. Um, there's a lot of things that happened in my personal life. One of them being with my mom, that my mom and I, we used to be so close and, and just such best friends, but you know, so much had happened. And unfortunately she dealt with a lot of mental, uh, just mental issues. And, and, and I don't even want to say it was general generational curses, but it was just generation. I think it was almost like generational issues in terms of, um, especially in like black culture, it's, it's hard to tell someone, Hey, like you need to go to therapy. We need to talk about our feelings. We need to, you know, do all those things because it was looked down upon so much. Mm. And I didn't even realize, you know, in our culture. And I think now we're kind of moving forward, which is great, but it's just something that became all consuming of her. And so unfortunately she's not in my life anymore. Mm. And that going through that. And then also my dad, he had a stroke as well during that time. And like, it was just, it was just so much. I mean, yeah, I think, that's a lot of change. Exactly. And I think that, and I am, I know that you face this as well, where it's like, you have all this personal stuff going on, but then like interfacing to everyone where you're like, Oh, like be real authentic, genuine share, you know? And it's like, how the heck do I, <laughs> do I do this? Like you know, to a point where I remember I was crying on my um, Instagram stories, really just about anything. I, mean, yeah. I don't even know if I made sense. Yeah. And you know, so much of the community that was brought from that viral video, especially when my dad had a stroke, people were demoing me for Starbucks drinks and just, and, mm-hmm. and rallying around me. And there were so many incredible, powerful DMs and just love, lo- loving on me. I mean, mm-hmm. these are, even though I consider them like family and friends, but these are strangers on the internet. And I know you've yeah. experienced that as well. And it's, it's the craziest thing. And I, I think that helped me a bit. Um, but I think in going through that, I felt like I had just lost my voice again, because mm. at that point it was like, okay, like, I feel like, you know, I lost one of the loves of my life, my mom and, and going through all that and, and, and dealing with that as well too, because I, you know, I'm not a parent, but I know it's a battle between parents are, are human beings. They make mistakes, yeah. they're trying, but then it's also like, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're setting up healthy boundaries. You want to yeah, sure say boundaries. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, no toxic relationships. No, you know, so it's, and I, my therapist and I, we have hilarious conversations. I'm, I'm very blunt with my therapist in terms of just like, okay, look, like I don't have time to be going through this stuff. So like, we need to, ah. we need to wrap up the healing process so I can get through all the things. Just hit me with the bandage today, ma'am. We're not, yes. we're not here for the wounds. <laughs> Yeah, like give me the quick shot of heels. Like I just need something. And she always laughs at me. It's like, more it doesn't work that way. I'm like, okay, well then, you know, I don't comedy special tonight. Yeah, let me yeah, just yeah, like yeah. reel it all in. But yeah, it, it's hilarious. I try to make levity of it because it's that's just how I deal. But I yeah. think that yeah, it that was hard. And then and then of course my dad is my heart. And so like going there and, and he's such a he is such a stubborn man. I love him, but he's such a stubborn man. And so if he's sick, he's like, oh no, I'm not sick. I'm good. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm like, you just had a stroke. Like, let's just yeah. <laughs> like be yeah. real Yeah, take a, a moment. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but he's precious. His favorite movie is um, Devil Wears Prada. And so he's just- oh, <laughs> great taste. Great taste. It's Amazing a great movie. Taste. Exactly. And uh, yeah, he's very much of the entrepreneurial public speaker. That's, I think, where I get a lot of it from. So- 
and dealing with that personal stuff and then trying to figure out how to be interfacing to my new community. I think I just kind of made the decision of, okay, like, and looking back at you and what you've done with your community and just, and I think probably in the moment you didn't feel so graceful with it, but it has been so graceful in how you mm. share. And I'm like, okay, like how, how can I tap into that? Like tap into my own vulnerability, tap into, you know, my voice again. And so I think it was a long process, but I kind of just shared a little bit at a time and I halted partnerships for a bit, but then I started up again with Nyx, which I absolutely love and brands like Aerie. And I think working with women empowered brands and brands that really push yes. you to share your voice. Yeah. That was also powerful, right? Yeah. And so that really helped me. And I just began, yeah, I just began to start sharing it. And I, I began to kind of get back to myself. And funny enough, because I have to bring up Disney. I know the new Ariel movie that just dropped. <gasps> oh my <laughs> Did gosh. You freak out at the I like cried at the trailer. And I also just felt so proud because I'm like anybody who had a second of like, any racist or awful doubts about how, like, just let it go. It was just such a power moment. Of course, people still have stuff to say, but like a beautiful, like, and I actually saw somebody who was, did the, similar to what you said about like making videos and like doing the research. They went back and like did the research on like where the stories of mermaids came from. And a lot of them were dark skinned or African, like from African descent and black or whatever. And so they were like, don't come to us with, oh, she should have been white. That's what she was. Don't change things. You're the one who changed it first and made her white. She would have inherently have been always of dark skin. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. But just that moment and how ethereal Halle mm-hmm. Bailey already looks. I always want to say Halle Berry. Halle Bailey <laughs> always like looks. She has such an ethereal look to her sh- and her voice. I don't know how anybody could watch that and for a second be like, I don't know. Like it looks. Yeah. And plus, Javier Bardem as King Triton. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> Yeah. The boss says all. I th- I said to I said to my kids. I knew that I was getting older when I started noticing King Triton more than I started noticing Eric, and also noticing what a good father he was. He was very reasonable. His daughter was sixteen, trying to run away from home, get mm-hmm. legs, and go marry a boy. Like he was very. He was a responsible parent, <laughs> and a very fit upper body. Like we love to see it. So, no, mm-hmm. very very excited. But yeah, back to you. Had to go on a tangent yes. because yes, yes. As you should. Yes, we applaud that. And I think thinking about and seeing that and gosh, yes, her voice is so angelic and so like good and powerful. And it just, it reminded me. And again, everything just, I think is a sign to our voices because she gave up her voice to be a part of something, right? To be a Mm. part of the world that she thought was so grand and great. And I think that we tend to do that in our society where we give up our voice because we think, oh, or even a part of ourselves. You get up a part of ourselves where we're like, oh, well, I'll give up this part of myself because I want a thin body. I'll give up this part of myself because I want to look this way, be that way, be like her, you know, whatever, we whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then we lose that. We lose yeah. all of those like special, intricate, beautiful, captivating things about ourselves. Mm. And, you know, I think in looking back at that movie, and I know that typically, you know, the kids always look up the evil, but I always look at like the true love and true love, I think can be both in romantic friendship, self-love yes. the whole bit. And I think that's what truly breaks. And I think wrapping your back around me where I feel like that's what happened, where I felt like I had given up my voice to kind of portray this persona online that I thought would get me 
whatever, whatever the end goal I had at the time. But then after going through everything, I just realized I'm like, no, like what I have is already enough. Like my voice that I already have, how I look, how my hair is, which is it's hilarious that everyone came after her hair as well too. Because I'm like, I feel like black women's hair has always been like top. Always, of yeah, like, no, like do, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I thought it was I'm a like, great. Well, Exactly. I love that they actually, I love that they actually had it be dreads. I thought that was really cool. And I thought that, well, like it was dreads into like flowing hair, but I thought that that was one thing that was so honoring to black culture. Like that when I saw it, I was like, oh, that, that was an intentional choice. That must've been like, it was a very, Mm -hmm. yeah, fascinating, but yeah, you're right. It's just another thing. Like black women's hair is such a topic. It is such a topic. And I think especially as white folks, we have to understand that more and more. We have to understand and listen to why that it is like, even in like power dynamics, making sure that we're not prioritizing someone's hair or not making them more or less based on their hair. Like, uh, uh, yeah, that's a whole other anti-racism, do your work (laughs) conversation. But what you said just now is incredibly interesting and powerful. What you said about Ariel giving up her voice in order to be a part of a world because, and we can all break into song in our own moment, but It is something to think about because I think even for myself, as you said, I love to be vulnerable, but there is parts of me that are still very hidden because I don't have capacity for the way that I will have to intake commentary. There is a time and a place for everything. I do believe there have been times where I maybe comfortably wanted to be quiet. Black Lives Matter being a big one, like it would just been so much easier for me to not say anything at all. It just wasn't the right thing to not say anything at all. And so there are other times where I would, for instance, I would love to talk about my divorce. I don't think people realize how much I would love to talk about my divorce. Problem is, it's just not my story and my voice. There's four others and I can't tell that story respectfully to everybody else involved. It's no longer just about me. So there's huge portions of me that I would love when I see people being unapologetically themselves. I think that's when I'm the most jealous when I, um, my neighbor, Becky, I don't know if you follow her, but she is, she has like rules. And if people break the rules, they're like, she's like, no, you don't get, you don't get any more. She'll like shut off her story replies, like boundary queen. And I'm like, Mm. nobody thinks of her as rude. Nobody thinks of her just you respect her, right? And yet uh, for myself, I'm still very pandering sometimes to like, am I going to upset somebody by saying this? And is this going to be a thing? It, do I add value to this constantly? The self-questioning, it's a quieting of yourself that eventually bleeds into other avenues of your life. So there's the circumstantial ones that you quiet yourself for in order to just be respectful or because you have a boundary there. And then there's the other part where you're just like, I genuinely don't have capacity to deal with people in this manner for this thing. It is, and that is, that is part of our conditioning of like desiring to be fitting in that like desire to not have conflict, the desire to appear like we have everything together. It's an unfortunate reality. I think it's especially unfortunate for women. I think it's uh, especially unfortunate for women of color because they're already, there's so many judgments and bias towards black women being loud or outspoken or mm. all of these different things. So the way that you have kind of also taken all of this and gone into a really, really special project, which I would love for you to talk about because I received it. It's a very, very special thing. It actually sits on my bedside table. My daughter brings it out to us all the time. We read it in the morning. So tell me, tell me about the kids book. Yes. 
So I the smile on your face right now, like you're just like, oh, (laughs) oh, so good. But my so I I've had a dream since I was little to always write my own book. I I remember I still have my stuffed animal stories I used to write when I was a kid in my journal. So cute. (laughs) Thank you. And so I self-published my first children's book called Your Voice Matters. And this, so I was actually staying with my aunt at the time. It was actually at one of the lowest points of my life. Uh, my aunt, she lives in like a storybook type of home. So it was perfect. Mm. She has like cobble floors and it's just Ugh. adorable. That sounds it's the lovely. Thing ever. <laughs> it really sounds is. like Disney World. <laughs> I know, exactly. And I think that's really where the inspiration came from. And so I was there, uh, tears and I was I was just kind of writing out you know my my feelings and different thoughts and different things and I was just thinking I'm like man like thinking back to my younger self or just when I was younger and I think when we were younger before society hits us before opinions hit us before everything else we're just so free with imagination with our voice with with how we are and I know that we can kind of be sponges and absorb different things and I'm like you know I I want something that it doesn't matter if you are younger if you're you know, older, wherever you are in your life, I want this to hit um, everyone's hearts in terms of knowing that their voice mattered. And I just kind of began writing out the idea. And it's crazy because, you know, I, I think when writing out ideas and all the things that we create that were not existent before, you almost like black out creatively. You're like, mm-hmm. I really don't know like where this came from, but yeah. here it is. And it, yeah, I just, I wanted... First of all, because I'm really like my heart is always in diversity and inclusivity. And so I wanted to represent as many people as possible. And no matter how their voice sounded, no matter what they looked like. And that was really, really important to me. And then from there, truly just developing the story. And then I worked with my editors. I worked with my friends. I was like, okay, because I'm like, oh, I don't have any kids. Or people are going to think this is weird. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, but then one of my friends, they're like, well, you're basically just a big kid. So this makes total sense. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Let's keep it going. And so, yeah, we, I developed the book over about maybe just like a month. Like really, wow. in that, yeah, and about the last time, and then I worked with McKinsey, who's an amazing illustrator, and just brought the book to life. Another big thing for me is like I wanted to make sure of being inclusive of skin colors and hair mm-hmm. textures and like hair colors and just all the things. And uh, yeah, just the book all came to be, and now it's out on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, which is Dang. insane to see. It's that crazy. is so wild. Tell me, t- <laughs> tell everyone you. what sort of the story is about. Mm-hmm. So it follows these beautiful kids at camp. I never got to go to camp as a kid. So I think that's why I, I kind of stuck lo- it in there. love that you wrote about it though. It's so sweet. Thank you. And so you see these kids at camp and you start to explore all their different types of voices, whether mm. it's their loud voices or their deep voices. And it's all inclusive of this like camp language. So you see them putting together this beautiful quilt together with all their like cute little handprints or you see them at the bonfire together or even on stage, which is one of my favorite parts. And you see them playing out of play, but it's really to instill this confidence, like no matter what your voice sounds like, that it's needed mm-hmm. and that your voice is so powerful and impactful and the way that you use your voice is so important. And it kind of just takes you along and then towards the end, really just encouraging you in how magnificent your voice is and, yeah. and power that it can have over everyone and everyone's lives because I think it's just so true and I think that 
knowing that both either now as adults or younger, it can just completely shift your perspective and mindset and, and the power and legacy that you can have in your life, like no matter what, whether that's over one human being, a thousand human beings, whatever it is. So yeah, that was really important for me to share. You know, I used to feel so guilty when I just wasn't in the mood. Sex drive felt like it was my fault, whether it was hormones or whatever. I just, it made me feel really tripped up. But the reality is, even just being anxious and overwhelmed, these feelings can make it really hard to shift gears and get in the mood. But with Dipsy, you can focus just on what makes you feel good. So what is Dipsy exactly? Well, if you haven't dove in yet... Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. There are stories like that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. You'll hear sexy voices like ER fight master Luke Cook and many other stories like you've never heard heard before. And new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they even offer written stories. It's truly your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash papaya. One more time. That's dipsystories.com slash papaya. Let's get back to the show. Have you been looking for a place to talk all things parenting? And I'm not talking about who makes the best stroller, but the really important stuff like how to be a better and more connected parent or how to raise children with empathy. Well, you are in the right place, folks. My name is Brandi Jordan, and I am a doula and parenting expert. And this is my show, Dear Doula. I will be giving you practical and impactful tips to parent with more joy, more calm, and more ease. I will also be talking to parents and experts who will be helping us to reimagine what it looks like to nurture ourselves and parent in more gentle and mindful ways. I am so excited to be in community with all of you. Can't wait to hear from you. I love that you also wrote it for kids though, because I think that these messages, I was talking about this a lot lately, uh, especially around the idea that kids don't remember Disney, like little kids, they don't remember Disney. And my husband said something that I never really considered before. And he was like, so we just never let our kids experience joy or learn things or anything because mm. they're just not going to remember it. And and then we were talking a little bit deeper about like how the body remembers things, the minds remember, like you might not remember, you might not remember this book, but part of it will take seed inside of you and change you. So when you speak into children, you speak into the future, when you talk mm. about them using their voice. And, and the one thing I think as I get older, and you might relate to this as well, everyone always talks about like going and finding themselves. But every single time I have these conversations with people, we all sort of find ourselves by returning to who we inherently were and are. That part, yeah. You know it. And like you said it when when you were talking about, you know, you were the kid that was, you know, on the report cards, you know, talked a lot in class. <laughs> yeah. 
I am that person. I'm, you're that person. We are those people. And to deny that, to silence it, to make it a flaw, which means maybe presented along the way as a flaw. And you, in, you inherently unlearn all the conditionings. Well, not all of them, but it, some of them and eventually come back into who you were, which is somebody who didn't notice their body. It's somebody who said what they thought. They advocated for their needs. They ate when they wanted to to eat and said when they were hungry and when they were full. They played the way that felt right and good and constantly like are, are socializing and dreaming and saying it all and doing it all. And so I love the I love speaking into children because I think that eventually that becomes adults that seek that version of themselves again. And hopefully yeah. the things that you're doing are taking seed with that. So I think that's such a powerful message. I don't know how we went from like friggin' black Ariel into like finding <laughs> your voice, but like you are a weaver of words, my friend. That was incredible. Oh, I love that. And I, and I also, I want to bring it back a quick second to something that you said in terms of, you know, sharing all different parts of ourselves and sharing all different parts of our story, especially when other people are involved. And I will mm-hmm. say this, I think, you know, divine timing is everything, right? Yeah. And I feel like we will all get a chance to speak on different parts of ourselves, maybe at different times. It could be yes. when we're 80, it could be when we're 50, it could be, you know, whenever. But I do think that we should be allowed that, even if there are mm-hmm. other people involved, mm-hmm. because I agree. Every right, and I yeah, think I do we, agree. Yeah, and I feel like the one thing that I say all the time is, as long as we're moving in love, mm-hmm. then that's all that matters. We just you yeah. move in love when you share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and I think when you do, oh my gosh, because I know that when we share things that we think, and I know this for me, if they are ugly and and just rugged and I'm like oh my gosh I'm you know or we may get altering opinions whatever but there's gonna be so many other people out there that would be like oh my gosh I heard this the aha Oprah moment happened Mm -hmm. like and I think that's why Oprah is just so like Queen Oprah because you know she shared the most rugged just you know crazy part of herself at least that she thought but it resonated with so many people so many people go through that stuff and it's like as soon as you do share that and, and however you want to share that and wherever you get the allowance from to share that. I mean, it's just, it, I think that you and your community and everything that you've done thus far, it's amazing, but I think you're just getting started. Like I, and, yeah, and as I look here, I think it's just, just like, yeah, just the starting point. So I feel like, I mean, there's just so much more to you and, and everything that you have in your heart. And it's just going to be so exciting to see it like continue to I get excited for it. And I also just know that the things we go to, even if we don't share the whole story, like you, you're not sharing the whole story of what's gone on with your mom or anything, but you are inherently a changed person. There's something about you that does change through these experiences. So while I might not share the whole story around my divorce, it changed who I am and it changes how I tell stories. It changes how I communicate with other people. It also, so strangely, so many people who had very similar situations will be in my DMs and be like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like you might understand this. And I'm like, like we find a way to tell our stories in ways that it's most needed, I think too, which is a really fascinating, it doesn't always have to be like with a megaphone. Sometimes like our stories are in our voices used in these mustard seed moments. I grew up in Mm -hmm. Christian culture, so mustard seeds are everywhere. I always remember it because I think the reason they use the mustard seed is because it's so, so, so small and it grows into something big. Mm -hmm. But I love that notion of like 
everything you're doing, even if it's small, is making a difference. And if we stop making everything about how big it goes, and I know that must be something that you have to return to, or maybe I'm assuming, with having something so viral, you must have known that was going to go pretty big. And then Mm -hmm. to also be just as intentional with the smaller moments, be just as intentional with like the voice you use every day now since that's like super viral moment. So tell me, what do you have coming up next? Do you know? Do you plan? I'm not a planner, so I never know. So there's no (laughs) wrong answer here. I love that freedom though, of like not planning. So inherently I am a planner, but then also I've been trying not to plan as much because Mm. I mean, God, the universe, they laugh at that, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So I think that, um, yeah, that it's, it's all exciting to see what's going to come and there might be a total wrench in it, but Right now, um, so I have a lot of amazing Canadian friends like yourself, mm-hmm. and I, I just love Canada. Oh, man. So the days that I wish I was just Canadian. <laughs> we're great up here. We're doing, we're doing all right. Are. Yes. And so um, two of my really close friends, Kelly and Brittany, I'm partnering with them, and we are starting a uh, media company called <gasps> Hello Bloom. Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah, we're self-launching in fall, and I'm, I'm so excited. So Hello Bloom is all about deepening relationships with brands and their consumers and their ambassadors, where we're really wanting to bring in that representation of real faces, real people, diversity, inclusivity. And uh, because I think in being in this space for so long, that's the one thing where I'm like, I think that brands are are shifting towards that. There's some brands who are just doing phenomenal with that, Mm. but I want more. Like I I want less tokenism more true voices and stories being heard. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, it should be a reflection of real life because that's real life. Mm -hmm. The the bodies that we see, the the cultures, just everything. And so that's really what the the company is going to be surrounded with. And we're going to be doing um, campaigns and events and and the whole bit. And I'm just, I'm just so excited because I, I always get excited about my creative projects and, and also just working with other people. But I also think just the impact that I think that this can have mm-hmm. on media. And so I mean, on brands, on, on people, and I'm all about that. I think, you know, with anything that I do, I just want to make sure that it's creating that positive impact that that's my legacy at the end of the day. Cause I just think that there's so much more room for that positive change and for us to really infuse more love in this world, which I think is so needed. Ugh, yes, you're the best. And you you really have done that. Like through following you, you have been nothing but a positive impact in my life. And I know so many others. So thank you for everything you do. For everyone who would like to follow you, uh, what is your handle on the gram? you Taylor. So let's be friends. Hit me up in the DMs. I'm always up in people's DMs and replying to all the stories and everything. Amazing. It just cut out on you there, but I'll tell you it is Lauren W L A U R E N W Taylor on Instagram. One of my favorite follows go back take your time with her account. You are not going to regret it. And uh, thank you so much for listening. This is one of my favorite conversations. And there was like, I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. And this was, well, I knew we were going to talk about our voices, but this really just went so many different directions in such a beautiful way. I hope everyone took away something. I have a million notes on my notepad here, which is not a notepad. It's actually a bill from the electrical company, but still we do what we do. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. 
Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.